Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Aside, Kurt Angle, I don't care about your WrestleMania tag, Ronda Rousey. We have a new greatest wrestler ever at this stage in the game for how many matches they have under their belt. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate that he's so good. I hate that I pop for it. It's Logan Paul, because Logan Paul and Roman Reigns had an absolute corker of a main event on last night's Crown Jewel show. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D-A-D. Please, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on this episode of Premium Live Event Does Saudi Arabia. And of course, send in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Right. WWE Crown Jewel 2022. Yes. Overall, I had, a, I had a great time. I think this show was uh, broadly fine. I think is actually a bit of an oversell of it. Uh, I think the majority of this show was middle of the card, raw and SmackDown levels. Perfect. But that's but uh, yeah, but that's fine. But it's nothing felt pay per view worthy. I think the main until, event did. Let me finish. Sorry, sorry until this main event and that's kind of like why i kind of structured the the title of this show the way that i did because they didn't just steal the show for me they saved this show without this main event this show would have been a really like mediocre at best and considering the great run of shows they've had like with SummerSlam and extreme rules and clash of the castle this is not at the level that WWE have been putting out as of late. But this main event was just like a, oh, right, yeah, that actually did feel befitting of a pay-per-view. I'm going gonna, gonna to pull you back a bit. Don't just look at the last three months of Triple H in charge. Look at, let's say, the last five years of WWE and the Saudi shows in particular. Where does this 
you know, had what you said this, was mediocre for the new yeah. regime, but for the last but even five for, years. But even like for the overall thing, like this is not as it was not as bad as some of the really awful like those early doors Ooh. Saudi shows, you know, Goldberg Taker. Greatest Royal Rumble, the big propaganda machine that it was. Sure, Michael's coming sure, back. Sure, Michael's coming back. Like, it's not that level. Like, that is bottom of the barrel. That's just awfully bad. But actually, at the same time, in an entertaining way. <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon's now the best wrestler in the world. Oh, you don't get that sort of thing on a regular WWE show. So even when it was, like, real bad, mm. at least you could come out and be like, there's a lot to talk about, though, isn't there? Whereas I think for the majority, there's not a lot to talk about here. Like, I think, was it Crown Jewel last year? with um brock and roman felt like a way bigger show than this one did um yeah i suppose so but i guess it's about a recalibration of what these shows are because i feel like triple h is a smart guy and he knows you can't do a takeover every month with the main roster i mean if you look back at nxt takeover glory days what four year four or five a year so he wasn't even doing regular pay-per-views then You've got Extreme Rules, then you've got Survivor Series with a month gap. Crown Jewel is actually in an awkward space. So I think Triple H is really smartly recalibrating the quality of B shows and A shows and your big four. I think he did exactly the right amount on this. I think we got just on paper, we got a title change. Women's title, you know, it doesn't matter that it's. A useless title. Sorry, Sasha Banks and Naomi. I cannot believe you walked out of the company because of those titles. But, you know, there was, someone's got to care. There, there was a title change. <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt, I feel like, did have an elevation, a progression of his story. And what a main event. And the rest of the show was fine. Like you said, uh, to me, you only need three things... And it was only three and a half hours long with no pre-show. I think for, for a for a decent show. But two of those are massively at a push because you're right. There's a title change, but you yourself admitted it's a title change that means absolutely nothing, and you don't care about it. Let it let it be written on the record. Luke Owen hates women. <laughs> and a Bray Wyatt promo that we got on SmackDown two weeks ago. Ah, but I think so it's like, the Bliss edition. It, it's the Bliss edition. That I think makes the, Bray the Wyatt Bliss the edition is an interesting thing, but also that felt like a TV angle at the same time. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. It was on pay-per-view. But the rest of this was just like a... Like, I was watching this show and I was like, oh, you know, that match was fine. <laughs> that match was fine. That match was fine. That match was fine. The six-person tag, the OC and Judgment Day, actually, for me, was the best thing on the show. Mm. And I thought that was... That was the first time I was like, oh, right, yeah, this is a pay-per-view. Right, yeah. Also, it's supposed to be a WrestleMania-level pay-per-view as well. This isn't a B-show. These are the A shows. Well, the, well, who's saying that? The WWE financials are saying that. Uh, yeah, well, and the way that they present it, look at the massive stage that they've got, the huge presentation, all the fireworks, the pyro, the ballyhoo. They present this like it's a WrestleMania level show. This wasn't presented the same way Extreme Rules was, which was Raw and SmackDown, but now there's gimmicks and stuff. This was the big, big show. I don't think it was. I, 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 think I think that's a mad take. I think behind the scenes, if you look at the financials, you can clearly see the business relationship is very, very lucrative for WWE. But I don't, I don't feel in the run up to this show that it was presented like, uh, like how big Saudi Arabia shows have done in the past. 
you're right. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley is something they would just do on Raw and but, SmackDown, but like, or just on any B level. So pay-per-view. it did feel like a pay per view, then. No, it, it, but the match itself was then just broadly fine. I feel like you know, Clash at the Castle was promoted way heavier than this. Oh, I could or not disagree. Built up more. No, I could not disagree more. Hmm. Could not. Listen. This is these Saudi shows are supposed to be big massive shows and they did present it like it was a big massive show but it's a big massive show in a and we've been saying it all week in a sort of one shot out of continuity but these are but they're no longer those out of continuity shows these are now just like elimination chamber is a saudi show now yeah yeah like they just they are now they once were propaganda out of continuity shows that were done for my sweet 16 crown prince but now they are just in the timeline yeah, well, but I I think you know you've got your. I feel like it's still a show that is largely exhibition matches. Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, which um, was done to because they're going to do a rematch, uh, presumably at WrestleMania. A Moss Braun Strowman and Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. Those to me were exhibition matches, and th- crazily, I think Lesnar Lashley was the worst of those. Oh, that's mad! Because <laughs> <laughs> even although Lashley Lesnar was not great, and it was actively quite boring. A Moss and uh, Braun Strowman. Michael Cole even said, this is a slow plodding match. Well, you know, but it had a great start before they wrestled <laughs> and it had a great finish. And sometimes that's all you remember. Um, I, I, okay, well, we're just on different sides of this. I think it was a decent watch uh, with two moments that progress things and an excellent main event. The main event, undeniably, was superb. Incredible main event. And as much as we're all talking about Logan Paul, and that is the big headline at the moment, he's amazing. It's it's takes two to tango, obviously. Hot take. Roman Reigns is very, very good too. He's excellent. But this, for what they had to do, this could not have gone more perfect. Logan Paul has... You know, it's his third match. And he's, what was it, uh, the tag match at Mania, yep. a singles match at SummerSlam, and then boom, your main event in a pay-per-view against Roman Reigns. I'm going to quiz you now. Who was the tag match against? Oh, it was Miz. <laughs> and he was tagging with the Miz. Yeah, who did he face? Because <laughs> I've only just remembered now, and I could not think of who it was while you were talking about it. Was it Rey Mysterio and Dominic? <laughs> it was the Mysterios, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I got survival series. <laughs> I was really, but like that level of progression. He's had three matches, and granted, he's probably been training loads with Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn, oh. Shane Helms is the guy and, that's been like going oh. through his matches. Mm. But just from uh, an exit, so just the the moves, he, he executes the moves perfectly and with flair. I think he carries himself with a natural charisma, and just the. You would expect those two, right? Because he's an athlete and he's a YouTuber. So you've got charisma. You can do athletic moves. But then there is this third intangible part, which is where a lot of people often fall down. I would say, you know, you look at the last, well, the history of celebrity matches. Bad Bunny was very good at hitting. He hit a Canadian destroyer. He hit, he hit spots, high spots, and he had charisma. Stephen Amell, you know, with Christopher Daniels' help, did some athletic spots and he had an element of charisma. Snooky, WrestleMania. She did a handspring back elbow. Crowd goes wild. Those are what celebrity matches are supposed to be. But somehow in the last two years with Pat McAfee and now Logan Paul, they 
at the same time. It's like Rock and Austin coming along <laughs> at the same time. Let it be known on the record, Ollie Davis said that Pat McAfee and the, and Logan Paul are the Rock and Steve Austin of this generation. Keep the checks coming, Trips. <laughs> he pays more than Tony now. <laughs> Logan Paul and Pat McAfee have that third component, which is just a, an, an insight into how wrestling psychology works. That's what it is. It's the wrestling psychology. It's the timing. It's the facial reactions. It's the... It's the the delay in hitting your next move. I am so impressed with Logan Paul. And Pat McAfee won the Wrestling Observer News that as Rookie of the Year last year. Logan Paul's got to win it this year. I think 100% he's probably going to win it, yeah. What is happening? <laughs> it is insane because, like, yeah, you're right. He is. He's taken to this very naturally. And he he hit all of his spots and never looked unsure of his footing. Like that's the thing, the key to this is that if you watch like some celebrity matches, you can see them in their head being like, okay, what's my next thing I need to do? Okay, like what's my next thing to do? I don't think he's as good as Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> who is the best celebrity wrestler of this year. Um, and I think he had actually those three and also the fourth one, he had a giant hand. Mm. Um, but Logan Paul does all of his spots like completely flawlessly. That the buckshot lariat, I think, is the one that everyone is jumping to. Because you said it while we were watching, because you watched this match a second time, watched it with while I was watching it today. You're like, that is better than Hangman Page's buckshot. But I would in say, general. But I would say I think you are comparing that to like uh, if you're only thinking of Hangman's bad ones, then yeah. But Hangman on a consistent <laughs> basis has done, I think, better buckshots than that. It is better than CM Punk's, though, because yeah. he did not fall on his keister. Okay, so Logan Paul... Or break Paul. his leg. Logan Paul currently has a 100% success rate. <laughs> but then, yeah, exactly. If you only do three matches and you don't miss any moves, that's a 100% success rate. He has hit a perfect buckshot lariat. There's nothing out there to tell me he cannot hit that perfect buckshot lariat every time. It was so... It was crisp. Hangman is Page is probably a 78% at best. <laughs> Is madness. You are coming in here with your most insane takes. Just take AEW. Any, <laughs> any chance, any chance to dig. Um, uh, but like everything else, like these, the airtime he got on springboards and leaps and crossbodies, yeah. he hit the uh, the frog splash while vlogging. Um, is that what they call it these days? Well, Live stream. I, I guess that's what he was doing. Michael Cole just kept shouting that he was taking selfies, but I think he was doing a live stream video yeah. thing. But Michael Cole's like, he's taking damn selfies while he's doing it. Um, and just yeah, everything really. I mean, just it was the small stuff really that impressed me most. It was it was when he would land off a back body drop on his feet and like perfectly. It wasn't the, the clunky. He, he did basic things and very, very well. I know. <laughs> I'm not knocking him at all. My, I've got two quibbles. I would say with this match, quibbles. Um, the build to this was very bad, and that was all on Logan Paul because he's not very good on the mic, mm. and he's very bad at telling stories in promos, and he is unnaturally presented as the babyface when he is a very natural heel. Because he feels like a douchebag, and he looks like a douchebag. I've got, and I, I do agree with you. He, I was cheering for him and in this match. His brother looks like an even bigger douchebag, <laughs> but they put them on TV as the babyfaces, and he feels like uncomfortable in that skin because he's just he's so stilted in his promos and stuff. In the ring, it, it doesn't, it's not too bad. But I kind of wish he they'd just let him be a heel because yeah. too much. When he was doing all the stuff with the Miz in their tag match, incredible, so good. 
My other quibble was is that the build to this has all been around that one lucky punch. Is that all Logan Paul needs is that one lucky punch. And if he nails that, then he might actually beat Roman Reigns. But they did that spot in the middle of the match. And then they did the outside table spot, and then he did the frog splash. And it's like, well, the frog splash is way less impactful because the story you've been building is the one lucky punch. Mm. Like, if you just switch those rounds and then done the one, like, that's his big major near fall. So it, I, I think it just sort of, like, threw the balance of the match off ever so slightly. And then you just do all the schmoz stuff, so that's all fine after that. Yeah, I could see that. Save that, um, that's save your, that punch for the very last near That fall. should be your big final yeah. near fall. Because uh, that's the story you were telling. But then there's the brawl on the outside. That's when Logan Paul does the flip dive to take them all out. He comes yeah. back in. Superman punch, punch spear. spear. Yeah, because uh, Logan Paul hits this incredible frog splash outside, slaps onto Roman's chest. Like, Tempest couldn't get over. He was parallel to the floor. <laughs> like, he just came down at the perfect angle. This brought uh, the Usos out. They brawled with Logan Paul's entourage. Jake Paul came out rather, you know heavy-handedly with his own entrance music and he wasn't just out there normally yeah. so you know it's a good like do you know he's what? having a tag match i will i will credit wwe for for several things in this uh the presentation of which you know the matches certainly but you know because they don't have titantrons anymore mm. they just have your name in massive letters and word art you're you're right but at least it let me know who it was because <laughs> i don't know who jake paul is he was set up earlier in the show he got out of limo Oh, I did a lot of like skipping mm, forward in between fair. matches. I did a lot of skipping forward because it got like the four minutes worth of commercials. So I did yeah. like, a lot of skipping forward. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did. I did miss that. I know of his <clears> name, <throat> and that's the key to this. I know his name. So when he comes up on the screen, it just says in ginormous letters, Jake Paul. I'm like, well, now I know who that is. The Paul. And so that I think is actually WWE does a big brain thinking on how to present their wrestlers. Oh, yeah. You don't give them like cool gimmicks or anything like that. You just put their names in massive letters and people know who they are. I hate that form. I, <laughs> I, I used to love it when it would take ages. You know, Taz's entrance just used to be about... Or, or Bray Wyatt's now, actually. Yeah, it's carrying crosses. A, a minute of... Doop, doop, doop. And there'll be a video clip. Blink and you'll miss it of someone getting choked out. Yeah, someone yeah. getting suplexed. Um, but yeah, it looks like the... Afterwards, Roman Reigns, he retained, but he was just brilliantly selling them. not just the injury the sort of punch to his face work in his jaw felt like he couldn't hear out of one ear he was also selling the trauma of nearly having lost his belt take oh, take notes miz yeah so i i didn't do the raw review but they had a they did a segment on like, last week's raw or the week before that where roman reigns hit the superman punch on the miz i think it was this week's raw was it this week's yeah. raw and Later on, then Miz just comes out and just does his entrance normally and then just walks under ring and then just goes, mm. <laughs> and just sort of holds his jaw. And he'd be like, oh, you know, but he's the Miz. He's trying to pretend that it didn't bother him. And I was like, yeah, but by doing that, it sort of undermines all the stuff. Roman here made Logan Paul's one lucky punch feel like it was the most devastating thing in the world. And I, his performance at the end of this was so incredible. He's just walking up the ramp, holding his jaw. And he's just like, man, that was, I actually was quite lucky there. And then the bravado kicks in and he's like, back to YouTube with you. I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. see you in this ring ever again. And he turns around and Paul Heyman is screaming at him. We all acknowledge you, my tribal chief. Yeah, we yeah, all acknowledge yeah. you. And he's staring at these title belts. And oh. then he turns around and he's like, I am the best. I am the <laughs> GOAT. I am the number one. It is a superb performance because you accomplished everything mm. in those few moments. 
he would say, oh, I'd almost call him Golden Samoa Joe. <laughs> that sort of... But, it was so great. But yeah, I think uh, we're definitely building to some form of Logan and Jake Paul tag team, the way Jake Paul came out with the, the title. Oh, that's not the, yeah, but, well, against the Usos. Yeah, no, but... Naturally. I mean, for me, it's I want Sammy and Kevin against the against the Usos. Oh, yeah, that can also goals. happen. But like that's but, but that my, my point I was going to make is like that for me feels like that's the Mania match. Mm. It's Sammy and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the tag titles. With Logan Paul now out injured... You know, mm. their reports could be, I mean, according to Logan Paul himself, torn ACL, torn MCL, torn meniscus. He could be out past WrestleMania. That is rough. And so then that's when you do the match, I don't know. Like, But to kind of sort of wrap things up here, for me, the most important thing about this is not just that Logan Paul had an, a great, great performance mm. in all of this. And Roman Reigns was superb. This genuinely did save the show for me. Because otherwise I would have walked out of this being like, yeah, that is a two and a half star, three star at best show. And I think that is way below the standard that WWE have set themselves as of late. But this then pushes them into the four star rating. And I think that it really was that good that it carried an entire near four hour show on its shoulders. Don't you think, though, that's what main events are for? So many, sh like most shows should have a main event that's so good that it does make you feel that way. Yes, so but, but they, that, that doesn't mean you can just do mediocrity on the undercards. I think it does. I think that's that, <laughs> that's a very old school mentality of just like, you are don't outshine the main event. Yeah. But this is also, it's a very different era of wrestling now. And I think that a lot of the wrestling we got in this was like at best raw standards raw smack like just regular tv matches like the brawling brutes and usos was a regular tv mm. match uh the women's tag match was a <clears> regular <throat> tv match and i think that standards have been set so much higher now that when you get to a pay-per-view you are doing better than you would do on tv i um yeah i just think like, it's different wrestling philosophy now for me because I've I've lived through the period where I thought that I wanted every match to bang on a pay-per-view. And actually, it's a bit exhausting, especially when they're four or five hours long. So I think actually structuring the card, telling AJ, hey, just go out there and do your usual TV main event. And then at the next pay-per-view, you get to do your, you know, your, your five-star stuff. I'm not saying that every match has to be a five-star classic. Mm. But at least, you know, be better than you would be if you were just doing a, a five-minute match on TV. I'm Moss and Braun Strowman. I don't know what you're watching. <laughs> cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Let's get into your thoughts on the show. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Send them in. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Misha Sumra says, observation. Less about the show itself. More about the time zone. Definitely a more UK-friendly schedule than usual. Sammy for Syria. Charity watch party next time out, of course. Just a thought. Stay safe, lads. Love the content. Swaff Nation. 444 ever. Um, your garbage mate says, a good way to reunite Alexa and Bray could be Bray using Easter eggs as a siren sirens call to her ultimately leading her to her fighting to keep the version of herself she just got back maybe even throw in a no please i just want to be alexa moment thoughts um yeah i mean maybe we'll talk about this when we get to it but i want alexa and bray together at the same time, I don't think what Bliss is doing right now is good enough for her to want to hold on to either. Well, yeah, because <laughs> what she's doing at the moment is, is nothing. Mm. She's just being Bianca Belair's friend. Um, but yeah, like when the little logo came up during Alexa Bliss's promo, I did have a, oh no. Mm. Like that's, oh no, that's not good. Um, Frankenfoot says, a YouTuber that is very controversial came in and hung with the top ch- double champ after only having two matches. It's egregious. It makes WWE look bad. And Roman Lane for getting totally dominated for stretches. The location is very unacceptable. Blind marks. Um, I... It's... It's wrestling. It's wrestling. This is... This is a tale as old as uh, WrestleMania 1. Yeah. So doesn't In WWE, it doesn't jar with me as much as it would because I feel like WWE's got its own internal rules where celebrities can do this. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's pro wrestling. Mm. And if you present someone as a top star, then they, were, they are going to feel like a top star that can hang with your top champion. I, I've got no beef whatsoever with... with uh, Logan Paul having a good showing against Roman Reigns because that was the whole point of this match. Uh, Jarvis V. This was a great show. One of the best of the year. All but the trios match. Whoa, and hold a, the phone now. And a Moss versus Braun. Whoa, hold the phone again now. Uh, were great or amazing. I think Triple H is in a good stride on premium live events. Each one gets better. <laughs> well, I mean... 
enjoyed this show, but this is definitely the weakest of the Triple H era. Um, the main event was match of the night. Logan was surprisingly great. Um, Compa Doom, shocking. Another Roman match that has interference for Roman to win. While the Bloodline story is neat, uh, the matches all end the same way. Boring. Oh, I, I like it. Yeah, same. I think it's working. Although I do have an issue with all of the matches in WWE ending via some form of schmoz distraction. Yeah. Um, Charles Berg. Yeah. Uh, fun match. I hate that Logan Paul is actually really good at this. Thankfully, Jake Paul threw some terrible working punches so we can make fun of that. But yeah, Logan's a star and I hate it so much. Uh, this is the thing for me with Logan Paul because I don't really know anything of the lads. I've got nothing to really like hate against on him mm. in that sense. I've, I've never seen any of his YouTube videos. I've never seen him do a tweet or an Instagram or a TikTok or whatever. So literally my only exposure to Logan Paul are these three res these three wrestling matches. Uh, and my only takeaway is like, well, he's a good heel because he's got a, a proper prick face. Likes and, Pokemon. And he carries himself like an absolute knob. Mm. But I think he should be a heel rather than a baby face because he's a very bad baby face. In the in the matches, he's a very good babyface. But in, in, in everything the, else, in this is very one bad. match, he was a good babyface because the, the Miz match was okay. I thought he was he got over in the Miz match. Um, Gabriel Reyes, the match was fun and Reigns is great, but the whole tribal chief has reached arc fatigue. Uh, reached arc fatigue for me. I can't connect to any Roman or Usos match until they start to lose belts. Don't want to sound pessimistic. Just a two year story that is not for me. I I feel like it's it's it did dip like definitely when Drew lost I was like oh Jesus but the Sammy stuff the Usi stuff it's it's somehow gotten better than it was before for me and that's going to happen with a two year <laughs> run like this started mm. absolutely incredible and then it just got better and better and better and better and then after WrestleMania last year it just took a huge nosedive because like I thought the Claudio stuff wasn't great and then. Going into the summer wasn't great. The John Cena match wasn't great. Yeah. It was just and then the Bala stuff, and then the Brock stuff was just like tiresome oh, yeah. and like, oh my god, we've done this before. And so we just took this really steep nosedive. But since Triple H has taken over, since Clash of the Castle, mm. it's now started its ascent again. And I think all the Sami Zayn stuff is so so great. And it's the only stuff on SmackDown outside of Bray that I'm really like tuning in mm. to be like, that's the thing I want to see next. Because I know that I'm going to see a great Brawling Brutes or Imperium match. Like I knew I was going to get a great uh, Walter Ray match. But the like story stuff is all the bloodline. Like I think it's I think it's great. It's Usy. It is Usy. Uh, we'll just do this last one for now. Jarvis V. So since now Roman won, of course, and that match was great. Logan, as much as he comes off as a terrible person, can do this well, and I hope he gets well soon, but it's over now, and the pool bros can stay away from any titles when he comes back, please, Triple H. Yeah, you might be out of luck there, Jarvis V. Definitely going for the tag belts. Um, and, right. and, and on paper, that is a bigger match than Sammy and Kevin mm. going for the tag belts. Storyline-wise, oh, story no, but on a poster, that is a bigger match. Um, we're going to rattle through these uh, because we have already gone over time. And it was, it was actually quite a lot on this show. Yeah, because it's um, a WrestleMania-length show, because it's a <laughs> WrestleMania-sized pay-per-view. Open with Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. At the start, I thought, wow, this is what I wanted their Rumble match to be. It was just like Lashley came out the gate with four spears. One of them was through a barricade. 
Brock Lesnar hit the F5. People are kicking out everywhere. And then Bobby gets on the hurt lock and Lesnar can't get out. And he's doing his, I've got such a red face thing. And he kicks off the turnbuckle and lays on Lashley. And Lashley, rather than let go, which he could have easily done, while the referee is counting, stays there with his shoulders on the mat, and that's the pin. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a, a pretty boring match. I mean, outside oh. of, well, outside, you know, it's just big. It's basically, well, if you like Spears and German suplexes, then you're going to have a great time. I because... do. <laughs> it's like, I just want Lesnar and Goldberg every couple of months. Well, that's the problem. I've got fatigue with that now. Oh, right. Like, I've got fatigue with that, that Lesnar style of match. Like, it's, it's exactly the match you expected it mm. to be, but the finish was <laughs> quite poor. Yeah, reading. I thought it really made Bobby look bad. Uh, they're obviously trying to protect him. He also beat up Lesnar afterwards to get a bit more heat and make him look good because he's going to be the guy there every week. Do you think this was a heel turn for Lashley, or just a bit of? No, it was just, stuff? He, it was just the him standing tall. Mm. It's to set up the future match between the two of them. Likely, yeah. probably be at the Rumble. Well, actually, I think they might even try and save it to WrestleMania. One apiece now. Yeah. Like, you put both of them into the Rumble. They both eliminate each other from the Rumble. And then, yeah, one-on-one, the rubber match, uh, deciding who is the better of the two. Mm. We got damage control coming out. Some weird orders of stuff, by the way, on this show. Uh, Bobby Lashley came out, and then they played, like, a six-minute video package, and then Lesnar came out. So then we... We get Damage Control making their entrance. And then I think there was a Liv Morgan promo. Yes, the, the Peacock ad breaks. Yeah. And then they had an interview with Bliss and Asuka. And then they did their entrances and then they had the match. It was yeah. horrid. Um, but in this backstage interview before Bliss and Asuka came out, uh, Bliss is saying, I think she's saying something along the lines of, we're trying to get away from something. And that, like, you know, not related to Bray. And the screen behind her flickered and it's the spooky, spooky. It's the logo. And then it was the logo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the two of them do have history. So I guess it makes sense from that front. But I think it's the bad part of the history. She was the last person. Yeah. So I could see Bray wanting to work. You know, if I'm looking at Bray, how he approaches character, he, you know, for, for bad or good, he is very committed to what has happened. Yeah, he which I to... admire. Oh, you always got to admire it. And but there's like... a lot of crap there with the feed. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's tying up some loose ends, perhaps. Yeah. And actually, you know what? I think Alexa Bliss could probably do with some loose ends being tied up because mm. she had some therapy sessions that were both. Oh, God, <laughs> They were hilariously both rushed and stretched out oh. at the same time because they hadn't filmed enough of them to get them to the next pay-per-view. <laughs> but they also didn't want to show them every week, so they showed like two a week for a bit. And then she just came back and was just normal. Then went off TV for another few months and came back and was just normal. Yeah. And just dropped every bit of story that they were doing. But she's still got Lily, which is now just a creepy though. doll. But she doesn't. It's in the AR entrance. It's in the AR entrance, but she's not coming yeah. out to the ring with Lily. At least she didn't today. Oh, I really, I really hope if that, you know, because Bray's very creative. Everything he's done so far, fantastic. I'm sure he can find a way to make this good because yeah. it felt like a lot of Bliss's run before was something Vince was tinkering with. Well, what for me... Bliss's run was, um, oh, you're not over. The Fiend is over. Mm. So I could just put that Fiend onto someone else. 
Daniel Bryan isn't over. Yes is over. I could just give yes to Stephanie in the big show and then they'll just, you know, it's, it's the exact same thing. He didn't want Bray to be the one who was over with this gimmick. He wanted Alexa Bliss to be the one that's over with this gimmick. And that's bad. So with Bray at the helm and the Bray doing all of this, I'm sure he can do a much better version of that. And the better version, you would think, wouldn't include a winking doll. But hey, it might do. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, I don't want Lily to be anywhere. I hope the first segment of them together is just rambling rabbit death style. Bray hits, hits Lily with a baseball bat. It sells merch though, doesn't it? Oh, you can make a new one. You can make a new cuddly toy. Well, Uncle Howdy. But why, but why do you need to make a new one when that one right there is just working fine as is? I hate it. <laughs> uh, so uh, we didn't get anything else Bliss-wise. Um, or oh, actually, or did we? So Bliss and Asuka come out. They have a standard match. You know, pretty good, but you would see this on Raw yeah. usually. Um, the this, this would not be the main event of Raw. The finish, again, seemed just a bit clumsy. Io Shirai seemed out of position for a bit. It felt like people didn't look like they were just waiting for a spot to happen and the spot turned out to be bliss is going to hit twisted bliss on dakota kai uh nikki cross runs in ddt's are off the top rope and kai gets the win yeah she does a swinging neck breaker and then um yeah then kai pins her i am um, because they didn't show that it was um eo sky i thought bailey had run down because they've both got black hair mm. that's been dyed red and because they are in Saudi Arabia, they're not wearing their normal gear. <laughs> they're you know wearing their little Power Rangers outfits. So she got up in the ring, and I wrote my notes. Ah, oh, Bailey's run down to <laughs> cause a distraction. And then because Bailey wasn't there, I was like, oh, there must have been EO Sky that caused the distraction. But why was Bliss then distracted by that? Because why are you why are you surprised that a wrestler in this match is trying to stop you doing a move? Uh, I yeah, I, I, I thought this was a pretty poorly executed finish. Yeah. But uh, we have new women's champions again. Uh, pretty clear that it was only changed on monday to do a title change here i think yeah yeah that sounds about right but that is two duff finishes on the bounce i hope the next one's got a better finish <laughs> um nikki cross by the way so i in the match bliss weirdly had just a flash of light appear on her face oh did she yeah yeah, yeah. so me and brian me and tempest <laughs> were on edge because of uh and and it because of the the white six logo, and Bliss is just in the ring. She's got a, a breast hold on someone, and it looked like all the lights at the top of the stage had come on, and there was illuminating on her face. And the crowd went <gasps> like someone was going to come out, and then nothing happened. And then about five minutes later, when Bliss makes her hot tag, she's halfway through a hot tag, and you see the lights that are illuminating the crowd shut down, like how the fiend used to do. Mm. Sure, yeah. but without the sound effect and they went off and they continued to go off and, and i think a few people held up firefly things and then they just came back up again that's cool any time before the last few months i would have gone power cut you know <laughs> yeah cost of living i get it <laughs> save the energy it's affecting us all especially in the most oil rich nation in the world <laughs> and but now i'm looking at that and going is that, that, is that a tie yeah. into this Wyatt thing that we just had? I yeah. think I think probably must be has to be. Um, I did I did not notice it though, but that might be because I, I was dreadfully bored by this match, <laughs> so I don't think I did, I didn't spot it. So is Bliss getting recruited by Fiend in this version of things, or is the Fiend 
Wyatt is Wyatt targeting people who have screwed him over. But it's yeah, it's, it's Uncle Howdy <laughs> that I think is yes. is recruiting these. That, you know whether that's going to be Bo or that's going to be Bliss. It's not Bray because Bray feel Bray is separate from even though Uncle Howdy is Bray, mm-hmm. they are separate in the same way that the Fiend and Bray Wyatt were separate people. Yeah. So yeah, it is Bray that's recruiting them, but really it's Uncle Howdy that's doing the that's forming this this group. But is he recruiting them, or in, in this instance, is he reminding Bliss? You screwed over my boy last time. I'm coming for you. Maybe Nikki Cross is actually... It's a misdirect. And Nikki Cross is the one who's been recruited. When you think oh. Bliss is going to be, and actually Cross you know, goes crazy and attacks. That's actually... I quite like it, actually. If Nikki Cross is the misdirect, that's actually really, really smart. Because, yeah, you are just designed to think automatically it's going mm. to be Bliss. That's, that's really smart. I, think I, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a, just, there's so many possibilities. Yeah. It's exciting. I think that's, you know, we used to say this about AEW. It was like, oh, it could go so many ways and I love all of them. Yeah. And here it's like, that's what we're saying every week about the bloodline. Um, and here too, mate. Yeah, that, that's it's what I was saying on the Dynamite review. That's, that's for me, is AEW's big problem at the moment. Yeah. It isn't the too many belts, although that is a that's problem. It's that there's no big hook mm. to the show at the moment. Yeah, where is that guy? Hook. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen him for a few weeks. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. He had a match with Bronson Reed or whatever. Oh, was. yeah. The, the Arthur Ashe, though. That was a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Over a month ago. Drew McIntyre took on Karrion Cross next in a steel cage with a Scarlet Bordeaux at ringside. Um, two ineffective things here. <laughs> but first off was the, you know, the steel cage is there to stop her interfering with Mace. Mace can get through the gaps in, mm-hmm. in the wall. Second is, uh, you know, just because of cultural customs, covering her from head to toe uh, so you can't see any of her arm flesh. Um, I think makes it more sexy when it's a skin-tight leather onesie. I, I, I just think you've really got big step-on-me-mummy vibes coming <laughs> off you at the moment. Especially when you're like, because, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Step off me mummy? Step on me mummy. What's it? step on me mummy? It's, it's like a Twitter thing of like, people say it to Rhea Ripley a lot right. because she's like, you know, because she, she's dominating Dominic Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're there just talking about this woman in, in leather, heads to toe in leather, and you're just, you're just giving big step on me mummy vibes. It's it's right there. <laughs> I, I'm not into it's, that it's, stuff. She is a person, thank you very much. <laughs> Who is overly sexualized? <laughs> when the whole point of this, I thought, was to not sexualize. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this was a... I, I can tell you exactly what this match was mm-hmm. because I can quote you Michael <laughs> Cole himself. <laughs> this is the slow plodding match we've come to expect from these two. He said plodding? Yeah. <gasps> When's plodding been used like, to describe? It's like Jim Ross calling something bowling shoe yeah. ugly. Because this was... Uh, I, I think Karrion Cross has got a great entrance. Mm. And then the bell rings and he's... Boring as all get out. It just doesn't connect. Do you think it would work if he wasn't pushed to such a degree? Oh, because he's a mid-card. He feels like a mid-card guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is fantastic in his mid-card slot. 100%. But he also doesn't have the main event presentation, which mm. Karrion Cross has. Because he's got the huge, massive 10-minute long entrance. Mm. So he, he is presented like a main eventer. But like... And I've, I've said this a few times with Cross, and I think I've said it on the Extreme Rules show. 
I've never seen it. Mm. Every company he's been in has pushed him as this tippity top guy. Every wrestling promoter sees him as this as this main event guy, but he never actually shows that. Mm. So I, I don't get it. It's a shame. Uh, I, it's not. It's not like I hate him or anything. No, I, I, I almost feel sorry for him in these yeah. moments because he seems like a nice bloke as for, well. I think we said this in the Extreme Rules show. I thought I've heard it. He's a terrific bloke. Yeah, and I'm and I'm thrilled that he's got this opportunity. It's just, I don't think he is showing this main events in ring mm. presence that the the entrance is giving him. Drew, on the other hand, always great. Uh, he hit a claymore from out of nowhere. It was great. There was no three, two, one. It was just like like an an RKO. It was fantastic. Yeah. But mostly, you know, fine match, but it just never sort of clicked. Uh, it, they, they wrestled fine together, but it never clicked with the audience, I think is the problem. The finish was Scarlett. Uh, Drew tried to get out the door. Scarlett sprayed Mace in his face. He unfortunately didn't bump forward because he could just like, oh, but still fall out. He took the most the most ridiculous rock-style flip bump to the other side, the furthest corner away from the door. And then it was a race. Can Cross get out the door or can Drew get over the top? Drew got over the top. Yeah, for this like you know big feud that's had fire and mace and and whips and stuff, the the conclusion to it was a a, a foot race, and that's quite rubbish. And I think it made Carrion Cross and Scarlet like absolute doofuses. Yeah, yeah. Carrion Cross in particular, like an absolute doofus coming out of this, and it's it's just not in keeping with this big presentation. That he's got this whole fall and pray thing, and then he's just out the door going like, what? Why did I didn't win the race? What happened? <laughs> like, what is your character? Uh, I actually, yeah, I agree, but I'm, I'm sort of, you know, so past carrying. I don't mind that. It's Drew. You know, I feel like Drew, the story that's happened, the stuff he's gone through, he shouldn't be trying to get out the top of the cage. He should just be like, all right, I'm going to beat up your boy until you let me out. It's why the escape the cage rule sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the O's. So, yeah, up until that point, I was like, Ah, oh, the matches are kind of fine, but these finishes are rubbish. I think from this moment forward, it got a lot better. Uh, the OC versus Judgment Day had just yeah a really fun, pretty standard six man tag. You'd see this oh, on Raw. But I loved it. Yeah, yeah, same. Absolutely same. loved it. Like it was, you know, standard fare <laughs> until they started doing the big. It breaks down and everyone gets in and everyone starts hitting their big moves. Because once they did that, like it was absolutely superb uh michael cole name drop bullet club mm. in this he even called luke gallows doc wow. and it was i wrote my notes here um this match really exposes the idiocy of the ex-wwe guy arguments <laughs> this whole storyline is built around guys from new japan <laughs> and a storyline about new japan pro wrestling that also features a guy who made his name in ring of honor that's a good point and, and TNA. TNA. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio is the only guy in this match that is a WWE guy. And uh, I don't think it's any mistake that he's the most over. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. I mean, Dom... Logan Paul's a better wrestler than Dominic Mysterio, but Dominic Mysterio gets the greatest heat in the world because he's got the world's worst haircut and the world's worst gear. He is a perfect heel. Yeah. Uh, the gear is now a purposeful thing. I feel like he's making his gear worse on purpose. <laughs> Because they made me like, oh man, I can't believe the lad keeps wrestling in this. And like, we keep shouting him to shave those sideburns, hippie. He's like, I'm going to grow it longer. <laughs> I'm going to get this as short as I can up top <laughs> and as long as I can at the back. 
Uh, the finish came when AJ was about to hit a phenomenal forearm, but Rhea Ripley hit a kind of reverse electric chair on him onto the apron. That was enough for Finn Balor to properly <laughs> plant a coup de grace. Jesus. Oh, so great. I, uh, I, I thought the match ruled. I don't, I, when I say the match ruled, the final third ruled. The the big build to the hot tag with Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows being like wildly swinging to try and get the hot tag and Carl's like really reaching forward. It's like, if you just reached ever so slightly <laughs> forward, you would get that tag. I'm reaching as hard as I can. <laughs> it really oh. was a long. Oh, I'm so, I'm so close ah. yet, so far away. Oh, I, just, I just missed him. I particularly liked this bizarre spot where people got took up for electric chairs, <laughs> but not they weren't on like the same team. It was like Dominic Mysterio was up and Carl Anderson was up while AJ was going to hit a superplex on. Yeah. And I was like, this is the weirdest non-Tower of Doom spot I've yeah, ever seen. I was sort of I was like, how does this turn into a crossbody that then makes everyone <laughs> fall down at the same time? But no, three... Three pairs did moves independently of each other, yeah. but it was presented like a Tower of Doom. But they weren't... <laughs> they weren't even on the same no. team. <laughs> I thought, oh, right, we're going to get like a, a fun water swimming pool yeah. fist fight on people's shoulders. But no, they're just... Odd. I was very sure. odd. It was as goofy as all the hot tag stuff, and I, I guess that's probably why I enjoyed it so much. I do. I, it wasn't, you know, it was essentially your fun six-man tag on Raw. But I do. I would argue there was some progression here because it, we finally got a match between the two sides, and the Judgment Day won because they had the, the woman advantage in Rhea Ripley. So I think that nicely sets up the next chapter, which is. Or who are the OC going to bring in? I, it's the best thing on Raw. By leaps and bounds, it's the best thing on Raw. Um, Braun Strowman then took on Amos. Uh, this, like, when they started to face off against each other and Braun Strowman looked like a regular-sized human, a regular-issue bloke, and Amos was just towering over him. And they, like, Braun was, like, looking around like he was Hulk Hogan and Moss were just going, <laughs> raising the, the heart, the arm to yeah. do the lock-up. I was like, this is this is actually awesome. And then as soon as they started <laughs> wrestling, I was like, oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can read you all of my notes here. Uh, this is like a worse version of Lashley versus Lesnar. Man, without MVP at ringside, Moss sure is chatty. Amos's selling is lousy, and Braun's isn't much better. <laughs> Braun hits the power slam and wins. Only went seven minutes, but it felt like 20. Oh, it felt so long. It felt so, so long. Amos was so chatty during this match. Yeah. Couldn't stop the man talking, because he was on offense for 95% of it. Uh, I must say, though, the ending was undeniably spectacular. Braun Strowman doesn't just pick up Amos. It's not like a whoop, whoop, and a really quick power slam. It was a proper on-the-shoulder sort of walk around the Muscled ring for a up. bit and then power slam. I, I was very, very impressed. It, um, <clears throat> it, do you know what it really reminded me of? When I was a teenager when I first got into wrestling during the Attitude Era, um, you're like, oh, cool, I like wrestling now. Mm -hmm. And then your friend lends you a tape from a show from the 1980s. And you're like, I don't like this wrestling. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was just big <clears throat> men not really doing yeah. actual wrestling. Just sort of like bumping around each other. Like just two planets, just two big bins yeah. just running into each other. And then one of the bins falls over and the other <laughs> bin falls on top of them. And that's the match. That is what this was. Oh, you like wrestling, little Luke. <laughs> Sit down with me. Let's watch Giant Haystacks versus <laughs> Big Daddy. Yeah, exactly. 
After that, we got the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. Um, very good stuff, but again, it's your standard decent tag match on an episode of SmackDown. Uh, but as great, as very good as Rich, Ridge Holland is, I feel like you know, still pretty green. I can see him going through the motion, not through the motions, but from thinking about spot to spot to spot in a way that Logan Paul, for instance, does not do. Um, but when Pete Dunne and the Usos were just all working together, because there was a moment when Dunne sort of faked out a super kick playing off when they'd wrestled before. And then he had the, the confrontation with Jay and Jay was getting hot-headed and Dunne snapped his fingers. I was like, this is very, very good. It's big problem, though, is that they'd already set up the Usos versus the New Day for the tag titles on. I still uh, jumped at some of those near falls. I can't believe that you did. Because like this is one of those I matches did. where... like. I don't mind predictability in terms of like, well, this team is going to win because they're sending this up. Like, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. But it also meant that I, I couldn't buy into any of these near falls. And actually, like, the crowd didn't buy into any of these near falls whatsoever. I know what what a match that's going to be, though. Oh, the next, Usos I, on, New Day. Yeah, like it's it's when I'm not saying it's on the same level as well. It's in the same league. Uh, it's when Akada and Tanahashi. It just lined up at the, the exact same time. No way Gato could have planned it. It was just like he was taking advantage of some stats and some history that everything aligned. Well, like, Akada's 13th title defense was coming at the exact same time he would break Tanahashi's record and Tanahashi had just won and, like, all the dates lined up. It was so great. That's what it feels like for the Usos' new day next yeah. week. And I do love it <clears throat> when uh, a company uses a pay-per-view to build to free TV. <laughs> Yeah, you just want all the best matches on pay-per-view. Yeah, days. the thing you pay for. Yeah, what an awful idea that you is. You don't make money off of that. <laughs> I thought the finish was... This was actually... Is this the first good finish? No, that's not fair because actually... Like, ju Judgment Day in Amos was a good finish. Yeah. Um, um, and they do a big super ooper duper 3D for the win. The last match we're going to talk about, because we've already covered Logan versus Roman, is Bailey versus Bianca Belair, which I thought sucked but i i and, and tempest thought it sucked as well but i've not really seen that reaction from other people well people really liked um uh, bel-air cut 64 that so it's awful well i know well i wrote that as well because i i didn't watch this live but i was just you know scrolling twitter in the evening and i saw people screen crapping the the bel-air cut screen crapping yeah screen grabbing it oh no but it sounded like you said screen crapping <laughs> Which, which this would be yeah, when screen, it's bad. Screen crapping this. Um, and I was like, oh, that sounds like a really fun spot then. But actually, in in reality, it was super lame because those cuts were going at like two miles an hour at most. This was not quite Omega with Sammy and the, and the golf cart stuff because they were like, they were crawling towards. And then when Belair puts her on top and she drives down to the end and it really was like a, oh, I'm going a bit fast now four miles an hour and yeah. then i'm going to come to a really slow stop and then we'll do a table spot a table spot that didn't work actually all the golf cart stuff was really lame bailey drives that golf cart towards bianca on the on the stage stops and then belair goes towards her yeah it was it's uh, i thought it looked so bad i thought a lot of the spots look so bad the whole idea of belair getting trapped in the steps like I can see you can get out of that. Um, 
Bianca pushed like one of those kit boxes on wheels against Bailey, and it was like the weakest push. I did not believe in this, and I, especially when you when you now introduce a golf cart into a match, which has become like the thumbtacks of the last couple of years. Not just in AEW, but you know the Roman stuff with Kevin Owens as well. Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. He fell on. He fell onto one during that <laughs> mismatch. The greatest match in recent memory. There is an expectation there. That's not. That's not my fault that you've created a level of golf cart spots to then deliver this. I thought was a like they were not only poorly executed, they were poorly designed. So I, I thought this match was very bad. I also like I. So they've done a very bad job with Bailey since Clash of the yeah. Castle. Like since some like SummerSlam through to Ca- Clash of the Castle was excellent Bailey presentation and damage control presentation as well. Well, they lost the finals. The week before, so yeah, up, yes, maybe up until yeah, that. Uh, maybe up, yeah, maybe up to that point. And then they won. And against Shirai lost her first match. Yeah, but I, yeah, okay, that's a good point. But Bailey, was, but Bailey, but, but yeah. Bailey was well protected. God, you're right. It really has been bungled. It's from, not, they've not been good. It's not been good. I read in my notes here. I was like, I, I've retroactively made myself mm. think that the early portion of this was good. But you're right. It's been quite bad from the get go. But Bailey pinned her at Clash of the Castle to set up this thing, and then this feud should have ended at Extreme Rules, but because they want to do war games. We're about to artificially extend it out by a month and a bit. And now we're going to get another few weeks of this feud that's really, it is going slower than this golf cart is. <laughs> and it's is as as effective as these golf cart spots. So no one ever bought Bailey was winning. And then Belair wasn't selling any of the ninth counts. Mm. So like it never felt like she was ever in any form of trouble. Even in the bit when she had like in the flight case, because like Bailey puts her in the flight case at one point. And... Belair pops out at six. Hey, yeah, like, like a, a big, like box. a jack in the box. I'm like, why didn't you wait until nine to at least make it feel like Bailey might do this? Well, the jack in the boxes shouldn't come out when you expect it. <laughs> like Elf. I thought this was quite bad, and then the finish was hilariously awful. In the moment when I was watching it, I actually enjoyed the finish, but. Looking back, I was like, oh, maybe I was just because I hated the rest of them so much that this looked half decent. So what happened is after an awful bump where Bailey was put up onto Belair's shoulders for the KOD, she tries to move a set-up chair. Well, I thought she was going to do it onto the chair. Yeah. Like, like an Adam Cole stupid level bump. But I think, yeah, that was the plan. But like then the idea was Bailey would whip that away, so Belair would then put her in the thing. But she didn't whip it away enough, and she just horribly landed on her knee. On her knee, the the thing that she injured. The one part the we one... don't want to hurt again. It was the one thing <sighs> we didn't want to happen. And then Belair puts Bailey in between the two sides of the ladder, which is on the ground anyway, and then pushes it so it's under the the bottom of the ladder is underneath the corner ropes of the ring. The idea being that Bailey can't get out. Um, and I was like, oh, actually, that, I could see that, how she couldn't get out, you know, for maybe six seconds. It's, yeah, so, like, because Bailey could quite easily get out of this predicament. And she'd realized that at second three. Hmm. And so then she had, then had to spend the next seven trying to fake that she couldn't get out of this predicament. It was very hokey, very silly. And it is John Cena duct taping Dave's feet together, levels of bad hmm. finish for a last man standing match. I, I, I did not enjoy a lot of this at all. Although I thought the 450 into the chairs was quite spectacular. Oh yeah, that was the best best spot of the match. Yeah. That, that, that felt like an actual hardcore last person standing spot. Yeah. 
uh, the rest of it I thought was was very very poor. Yeah. Um, and you know it's, that's the second time I don't, I don't think it's the best idea putting Bailey in a, two hardcore matches since uh, since she's come back. No. Like she was never that kind of wrestler. Yeah, I'm just done with watching Bailey and Belair feud. And I think it was a massive mistake dragging this out. But then again, like that's the problem with announcing war games or doing war games for Survivor Series. Is you then had to like artificially extend this feud out so that you can do a war games match. I said last night uh, to Tempest, maybe originally the plan was for Bailey to win at Extreme Rules and for Damage Control to, to get all these wins. But... WWE are like, ooh, but Sasha Banks and Naomi might come back. And whatever's going on with that scenario is now what they're holding out for for the match for for the actual match with Belair when she yeah. drops the title to Banks. Maybe. Yeah. And that's what's happened to Bailey. Because I, I just don't understand how Triple H would bring up his girls, Shirai and Kai and Bailey. And treat them this badly. He's smarter than that. He is smarter than that. Also, I think when Banks and Naomi do come back, and I think they will be back very soon. They were in the bumper for this, only mm. then now together forever thing. According to Fightful Slate, one WWE source said that was an accident. <laughs> I don't buy that for a second. I think it was very much done on purpose. Um, we I don't think, know what these QR codes are. I have no idea. Um, but I think they'll just go into a few with damage control mm. as a tag team. And so it's Banks and Naomi going after the belts. Mm. You know, come back with their versions of the belts. And then need to do a champion versus champion thing. Um, overall, well, we haven't done the Bray Wyatt promo. Oh, blimey! Yeah, so Bray Wyatt came out, great entrance as usual. He talked about how he um, he 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 doesn't love himself. He cut, he sort of indirectly referenced the Rotunda family. Mm. Family is bringing up a lot of family stuff, which I took as playing into the idea that he will create a faction. Yes, I think so as well. And it, there was this sort of like double meaning talk that he was, you know, sort of about how like I cr I started to wear a mask mm. and that mask pushed away people that I loved. It's sort of like both talking about him from a personal standpoint, but also kind of references The Fiend mm. and him actually metaphorically and physically putting on a mask. So I thought actually a lot of that was, was very cool. And I love the line that I really like was no one loves me. They love the idea of me. That was potentially improvised because the crowd started chanting, we love you, we love you. Yeah. And that's when he said that line. No one loves me. They love the idea of me. Mm. And it's amazing because we used to have <clears throat> chats like that when Bray left and it was like, where's Bray going to go? A lot of people were like, I'm kind of done with Bray because the Bray's always creatively brilliant, but then the bell rings and I don't like his matches. And that is, yeah. they love me, but they don't like the idea of me. I, people loved the idea of The Fiend. But once those bell, once the bell rung, oh, those matches did stink. Mm. I thought it was a brilliant little line. And then Uncle Howdy appears on the screen. It's, you know, if people really knew the truth about you, they wouldn't love you. The idea that as soon as you let things slip, you won't be able to come back either. Yeah. Uh, the, the, in the past, I've thought, oh, that does sound like Bo Dallas. But this one this was sounded like Bray. This was 100% Bray. It was very cool, very spooky. Um, overall, I gave the Crown Jewel pay-per-view i think 73 percent which roughly a seven three point five out of five yeah i think it was a, t a totally fine show with an awesome awesome main event that for me really did save this show uh, 
let's get into your remaining chats. Jarvis V says, so since now Roman won of the... Ooh, we've done that one. That one done. Uh, Jemison Jr. won. Could you see Sammy staying in the bloodline? Uh, mania. They have revived Roman and Triple H seems to love him as the top guy. The key to the bloodline is Roman success, obviously, so they must protect him at all costs. I don't recall a roman Sheamus feud. Next feud? Well, I my news episode will be going out uh, shortly after this live stream. And in that, I that was my prediction for what War Games is going to be. It's mm. going to be the bloodline. Because they, they said 10 wrestlers. So that's the full bloodline lineup versus Brawling Brutes and New Day. And that's mm-hmm. your that's your team of five. And if it's not New Day, then like Owens and Drew. Yeah. But because they've got so much New Day stuff going on with the Usos currently, it just sort of makes even more sense then to be brawling brutes in them, and that builds to Sheamus and Roman for the Rumble. I yeah, I think Sammy starts to. I think you pull the trigger on Sammy splitting up Mania. No, sorry, at Royal Rumble because there's going to be a moment when the Usos and Sammy are in the ring, and they're gonna have to turn like. Jay might turn on Sammy because Roman won't be in that rumble. And I think we were talking about this on on Content Club on Friday. Um, Elimination Chamber's in Montreal. And so like uh, that's the time you want to be doing a Sammy Zayn split from the bloodline. Um, my big my bigger pitch I made is that Sammy accidentally wins a number one contendership match. So it's Roman versus Sammy, and the whole time Sammy is doing the like, look, I'm not gonna try and pin you. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna just lay down in the ring for you. Uh, but all throughout the month, just you know, looking at the belts, taking a belt off of Paul Heyman to hand to Roman yeah. Reigns, something you know, things like along those lines. Of, you know, well, maybe. And then he jo- he tries goes for that sneaky pin at the start of the match, and Roman's face is like, "What's all that about?" <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. And that's you do the babyface mm. turn. Then it's so weird because that's more of a um, big henchman narrative, isn't it? But Sammy is not the henchman; he is this. Yeah, neurotic guy. It's 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 magnificent. Um, uh, Tyler Robinson, member for fourteen months. I hate how good Logan Paul is. <laughs> My grandmother loves him because he was on The Mars Singer. Was Gross. he really? I didn't know that. Uh, Just Donny, member for fourteen months. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Gabriel Reyes, you don't have to read this out loud because I know Tempest prefers privacy. This is just to make you laugh. Ollie, almost saying Tempest's real name. You're exposing the business. As tragic as referring to Undertaker as Mark Calloway. Poor K-Fit. I didn't hear you. I never said the full thing. I mean, I didn't even hear you say any other name but Tempest. Yeah, exactly. And finally for now, Eternal Blue, who's been a member for 17 months in a row. I'm finally able to catch one of these live after my work schedule shifted. Hate these shows. Um, Because... uh, the Saudi Arabia stuff, and he hopes that Triple H ends the contract with them. Anyway, there's uh, too much money. It's, it's, out, it's not his. It's not in his control. No, it's fifty million dollars a show. Mm-hmm. There's no, they don't do any pay per views that are, are close to this level of money earners. And as a publicly traded company, they walk. To, and also, they're putting out the ones putting out. We're the forefront of change. And in some credit to them, women on this show didn't feel like a a novelty they were just there and just part of the show you go back to greatest royal rumble and the original crown jewel that seems like a distant memory of that'll never happen Mm. so steps were made forward at least in terms of (coughs) wrestling yeah Yeah. sammy Zayn wasn't on the show well neither was mvp because he's an atheist yeah well you know still icky but 
you know, there's a there's a mixture of sort of moral fatigue where it's just white noise now. Plus, the shows are actually better. So it does make it a bit easier to stomach. Uh, but anyway, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe. Go over to Wrestle Talk and watch my edited review, Tempest's immediate live reactions. And Luke will have a news video on whether Sasha Banks is coming back to WWE. <gasps> Spoilers, we probably is, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's Luke Owen. Jam that D-A-D. -D -D. <laughs> jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Have a good day. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 